There's an old Czech saying something to the effect that love comes in or goes in through the stomach. Czech culture is certainly one that likes food. There's no doubt about that. So who better to talk to than a chef? I'm here with Silva Jackson, executive chef and owner of Big Smokers in Prague 7, Holoshevica. Hello. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Thank you. We're going to talk about the food scene here, and she has a unique perspective on it, having lived in the United States for a long time and recently returned, and how Silva is taking a rather classic American food style, smoked meat, barbecue, Texas style specifically, and adapting it to uh, not just Czech palates, but uh, Czech context. We'll call it Czechson. So thank you for talking to me today, Silva, and thank everybody out there for listening to this episode of Prague Times. A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location, it's a history, it's a culture, it's ideas and ideals, and a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. So like you're a real chef. You're not just somebody who likes to cook. You're like a real, no kidding, trained chef. I respect the food so much and uh, I become the chef after I left Czech Republic and moved to United States and washed the dishes for a year and see the chef with big head saying, yes, <laughs> chef, no chef. And I said, I want to do this. And it was 22 years ago. I never say I'm going to work. I always say I'm so happy what I'm doing. So you left. When did you leave here? Uh, 1999. Uh-huh. And then you went where? I went to Florida and I was working in uh, Panama City, which is Panhandle of Florida. After six months in the restaurant washing dirty dishes every day, I was ready to move back to Czech Republic and say, okay, mom, I'm back. And I will be- become the car school teacher. That was my future. They wanted you to be a driving instructor. Yes. Oh, God. Because my family owns the driving school. Aha, <laughs> that's interesting, yeah. So I saw the future, everything would happen here in Czech is why I left. And I said, okay, I will do my own future. And here we are. Washing um, dishes. Washing dishes again, yes. So how did you get a break? How did you get onto onto cooking from that? Uh, because it was a big dinner for 100 people <laughs> and four of uh, the best uh, American chefs came to our restaurant. Yeah. One of the each uh, chef has the like two helpers, so two little chefs. Right. It was amazing how they worked together, how everything was synchronized, the dishes, the food I never seen before because... 
in that year before 2000 it was no shrimps in Czech and I'm I, I am from small city so I don't know what is shrimp how you say shrimp in Czech language <laughs> so I make the pictures <laughs> when I learned the English what is it shrimp uh-huh. I went to I make the picture what is it went to library because it was no smartphones right. and find out how is it say in Czech so mm-hmm. I can learn what is it and from there, I, I move uh, from dishes to garmanje, to fry cook, to grill cook, to saute cook. And I met uh, master chef Jack Shoops, and he took me under his wings. And I spent eight years with him, and he taught me everything. And because of him, I am now the certified executive chef from CIA, which is Culinary Institute of America, which is the one of the best uh, culinary school in the world. And Jack Shub was amazing chef, but he was tough. He was so tough. It's why my uh, why my basics and my work ethic is so old school, say. And I'm so appreciate for these basic uh, stones he gave me because from that uh, you can build a high house and mm-hmm. it will never fall. And that's what I'm doing with my career now. When did you return here? I returned 2010 because my dad was sick. So mm. I came here close to my family. I have great family. And I find a job in Prague and I spent six months in the job. It was different world. from America when it's uh, hospitality, the food, the quality of food, the service, ordering is uh, top notch. Uh, coming here when uh, nobody cares how the tomato look and and when I called the farmers, or it was no farmers that day, it was just a big wholesale yeah, vegetable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hothouse, uh-huh, grown, uh-huh. yeah. And they brought uh, food which was no good quality, they didn't took it back, or they was looking on me like I have two heads when I said this is no good, take it back. Because you're from, you're from northern Moravia, right? I am I'm right. from Pserov, which is close to Ulamont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you went from there to America, learned that scene, came back here, and... And, and look, we're not knocking on Czechs here, but uh, I think we can say that until recently, the Czech approach to service has been what we might call indifferent. For sure, for sure. Only two company you could order from, and mm-hmm. they didn't care. They right. didn't care. Yeah, because so, they know we're the only game in town. What are you going to do? Grow it yourself? Ha, yeah, ha, ha. Exactly. Yeah. Now in these days you have the farmers, you have many competitions and you can choose from and the service is much better and I'm so happy for that, that we move, uh, it, it took 10 years, but <laughs> we, we move uh, in pro-service, pro-supporting restaurants, pro-supporting mm-hmm. home cooks and farm market. It's very important and people understand that and go rather to the far market than the big supermarkets, which I am so happy they do and they support a small company or yeah. small farmers. It all sort of changed around 2012, 2013. Uh, and I know this because my wife and I went back to San Francisco, where I'm from, in July 2013 mm-hmm. for a month. And, you know, like a couple, they tried a couple of farmers markets, but they charged an admission. And so nobody went and they said, see, nobody's interested. And the, the truth is, no, you just don't charge an admission to go shopping. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Who is going to do that? But we went to San Francisco for a month. 
When we came back, all our friends were talking about, oh, Naplavka, have you been to Naplavka? I said, what the hell is Naplavka? And it was this whole, where they finally started using the riverbank, and it was a farmer's market, and then pubs started to show up, and restaurants on boats, and and now it's this big thing, and from there we've grown to Manifesto Market, and there's a new one over here in Holoshevitsa, and it seems like every couple of weeks there's a new marketplace food court kind of combination and I know there are lots more being planned and then we started seeing these young entrepreneurs and people like you Czechs who had left maybe got a different perspective on the food industry and the service industry and then came back here and said I want to be here but I want it to be like this so I guess I'll just help make that happen and now I mean we're talking about seven years later it's a whole different city in many aspects, in many, many regards, which allows what you're doing to thrive. It's uh, for sure because uh, it's changed in uh, 10 years, seven years, so much. And I saw that couple, say, three years ago, two years ago, every year it's changing drastically. Yeah. And going better and better for uh, Prague people or the tourists because it's variation of the food, variation of the culture. Mm. And we, Prague, centrally become the yeah. multicultural city. Right, which, you know, some Czechs are not super happy with. Yeah. 31 years is nothing, was the communists here, so it's the whole generation who is here. We, we brought a different style, big smokers, because mm. our menu is in English. And we have couple experience with the older generation people who come. Also, on the other hand, we have the good experience with the older generation who come and say, what what is smell? What what great smell is here? Uh-huh. Let me try. And they, are, they, they try and they are so happy with mm-hmm. the food and mm-hmm. we so happy they try. They give it to try. That's the things. If you are stubborn and see only your goulash or switchkova and you don't want to try anything else, you, you will be in this t- tunnel, right? You will mm. be between two walls and never see the different food flavors. Mm. And luckily people want to try. That's great. But right. I want to go back with the, you said, uh, the, a lot of cooks, a lot of people who left uh, Czech Republic for better career, for interesting things, because it was not interesting here with the food culture. Right. And uh, find a better better way how to serve the food, how to cook it, because they had the passion for the cooking and uh, and spend years and, and practicing and learning the different food culture. Well, even just different techniques. Techniques, yes. And come back here and use these techniques and use what they learn. That's how Prague changed. Mm-hmm. They changed the food culture. And, and still we have the Paul Reich, which uh, he spent a lot of years in the Australia thing and mm-hmm. different country. And he brought a system like it should be in the kitchen because the it was destroyed, right? After right. it was only a couple of restaurants or the hotel in Prague who had the great system, great uh, food. But the other restaurants, it was only like cantina. Slop. Yeah, it was like yeah. a canteen. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, service. so what what people listening may not know is that so under communism, 
there was a Communist Party approved cookbook for restaurants and you could only serve to the public. In your home, you do what you like, but when you're doing things for the public, for money, you can only choose from a collection of these dishes and there are prescribed recipes. And yes, they sent people around to check. And so as a result, Czech cooking kind of almost died, it's been argued. Had communism lasted another 25, 30 years, who knows what would have happened to Czech cuisine. I mean, my, my joke all the time, because I finally got a Czech cookbook and I tried to make some of the traditional Czech dishes that I like. And these things take all day, sometimes longer than all day, a day and a half to make. That's why only grandma makes it, because nobody else has that kind of time. So it was places like Umedvitku and places like this that after the Velvet Revolution said, hey, let's bring back the old ways. Let's bring back some of the dishes that didn't make it onto that communist menu before the knowledge on how to cook mm -hmm. them is gone. Mm -hmm. And then that just kind of expands into experimenting with different cuisines. Now, like what you're doing, I think it's very much in the Czech wheelhouse. Czechs like meat. You make meat. What is it that you're doing that's so different? Because Czechs do the zabayechka. They kill a whole pig and they cook it in a whole bunch of different ways. How is what you're doing so different from what Czechs might have been accustomed to, say, 20 years ago? First thing I will say, Czechs love the meat. Mm. And, but who doesn't? Vegetarians. <laughs> it's why we serve with Tomáš. He is my, own, uh, my partner in the Big Smoker. If we want to open something uh, who do the meat and do it right, we need to open that now because who knows after 10 years, maybe it will be not that variation of the meat or everything will be vegetarian. And just again, so everybody knows, Tomasz uh, is the guy who runs Mr. Hot Dog, which uh, sort of really introduced uh, the American hot dog and also makes these sliders that are um, some of the best burgers in town. I'm I mean, he is open five years and he's still strong and and it's still yeah. doing great job and he never uh, it's what's what is amazing he he has this vision and he never left this vision he didn't mm -hmm. go down you know yeah or or change it he didn't start compromising exactly because it's easier because it's cheaper exactly. i live literally next mm -hmm. door mm -hmm. and um i've noticed that his staff like you get very loyal customers, not just people like me because I live next door, but he also gets very loyal staff as well. And which is interesting because he's much more demanding than a lot of say Czech pivnici or hosputki mm -hmm. would be. Because he's fair. That's Maybe that's it. He yeah. is fair mm -hmm. and he taking care about uh, employees mm -hmm. very well. And here it's same like here our employees are family because we're spending together a lot of hours sure and, and so this is your second family be honest to you in the kitchen it's uh, and in on, uh, on the restaurant because we have open kitchen so even the service and uh, cooks are together mm. which is interesting because cooks never like the service and service doesn't like the cooks this is yeah famous <laughs> in the industry right oh, they yeah. just think oh, they just so, think they're so cool <laughs> yeah. And when I come back, we were like, okay, finally, I want to settle down, no more traveling. <laughs> and I'm ready with you, Thomas, open the restaurant. We put the together ideas and we, we said to meet, we said smoke, because that's what we're doing here in Moravia, especially. We smoke the... Yeah, food. that's true. Yeah, the Uzani. Mm -hmm, Uzani. Yeah. A different way. And what we're going to do, we don't want to copy or do the real Texas style barbecue which 
it's great barbecue, but we want to be still have part of the American way and part of the Czech way. So mm-hmm. together we have the smoker from Dallas, which is great part of our kitchen. And, and it's 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 impressive looking. It's impressive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, they have one bigger one. Also. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to have that one too. It's a carousel, so it's it's ah, like turning beautiful. like this. Mm. But uh, also, it's a, it's a great company from Dallas, small family company, JR Manufacturing, and they do customs uh, smokers mm. and sending that all over the place. And they have the list of the restaurant which are using this smoker, and I'm proud to be in, in that list with mm-hmm. the big smokers. And this is what we're doing, only five, six different uh, part of the meats, which is uh, beef ribs, pulled pork, uh, sausages, which is homemade, of course. We have pork ribs and we have belly, přeštík belly, awesome things. And sometimes you have, like, I've had beef shin here that is mm-hmm, that fantastic. Beef and beef cheeks. Yeah. Oh, beef cheeks are good. boy, are they good. Yeah. Mm. So again, we don't have brisket, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the things here. We have uh, beef ribs instead of brisket. Why? St- still looking for the right meat, still looking for how to have the brisket in daily or special basis. Right. It's hard to find a good brisket uh, with the fat uh, marbling, with great marbling. Right, because Czech cows are leaner. It's, it's leaner, and mm-hmm. what we're doing is using only Czech uh, cows and přeštík pig, mm-hmm. and this is what we want to have like a in daily basis and mm-hmm. we don't want to bring meat from different countries just local so hopefully they will support us because now this in these days uh, which is not the busy days we we have almost 200 kilos beef ribs a month wow it's, that you that you go through yes yeah, so it's a lot of beef that's a lot of beef yeah. it's interesting because you know the czechs love their pork and uh, i'm i'm surprised that the beef is so popular customers are mostly first time here and ah. they want to try something else than pork they love beef and uh, interesting with the beef ribs is uh, we use the in czech republic they use beef ribs mostly for cooking uh, soup mm. so because it's very uh, flavor very strong uh, stock from that mm-hmm. and you pick the meat and have the meat with the noodles. Take this and smoke it and slice it almost like a brisket slicing. It was the Thomas idea actually, mm. and it's worked really, very, really well because the the ribs, the beef ribs, is very flavorful, very fatty. Czechs like that. Czechs like that. They like a whole like, oh, just give me a two spoonfuls of fat. <laughs> Yes. I said, don't come here every day, please, (laughs) (laughs) because it's not smart. If you like the meat and you want good quality meat, with uh, we taking care of with love and and spend a lot of hours with uh, in the smoker. It's uh, eight hours, seven, eight, ten hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take take time and find us and come here and have the good, good meat once a month, which is okay. 
Yeah, that's not no, going to kill you. That's not going to yeah. kill you. If you, if you come too often, then you got to start handing out like cholesterol medicine. Or come for colache. Uh, and I have to say, the, the colache uh, that you guys make are just uh, some of the best I've ever had. It mm. surprised me one thing about the colache. I always had uh, in my head that we want to serve Moravian kolache. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing there. And when we start serving that, I'm I finding Moravian kolache everywhere now. It's three, four different restaurants who are doing that. Uh-huh. Not not after us, but I didn't notice before we start doing that. It's so just, it's it's kind of big, big things, kind yeah, of kolache. That's weird, but hey, great. It's it's ours. Yeah. And the kolache in Texas is totally different if you think about it. Yeah, right? but that's because there's this large uh, population of people who descended from Czechs in southern mm-hmm. Texas. So they took it and then they Texified it. They, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. So they they took this this idea of the kolache and then they went, let's make it bigger and put just about anything. I mean, I've heard meat, meat cheese, cheese, like we're here. Yeah. It's just hey Texans. It's, here it's just sweet. It's a sweet. There's no uh, such thing as a savory kolache yeah. here. But okay, they they yeah. took it and changed it. Why not? Yeah. I hope that back now the Texas come here to our restaurant. They don't think we changing their food like this. I think that they would defend their take on the kolach. So I think that you can you can justify yeah. certainly your take on their methods. And by the way, your methods are not. It's not, not that, that different. different. It's yeah. not that different. We make everything here. We have actually a bakery also. We supporting with baked goods, Mr. Hodog, doing the slider roll and yeah. the hot dog roll. And here we're doing Hawaiian roll, which is interesting because my great, great friend chef that uh, they have the free restaurants in uh, southern United States which is called Stinky's Fish Camp uh-huh. so Stinky's Fish Camp mm. and um, they are free guys cool guys they open small restaurant and now they have one in New Orleans they had one in Alabama and two in Florida mm-hmm. from nothing and uh, we were talking about about the barbecue and stuff like that and I'm like what kind of role I should make? And he said, no, you need to make Hawaiian role. Uh-huh. I never heard because my, my base was the Italian, French cooking, mm-hmm. and now it is Hawaiian role. So I Googled that and we made some and like pineapple juice and sugar. Yeah, they but were, not very much. Like it doesn't taste sweet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there's just a tad in there to mm-hmm. maybe counteract. We cut the, it a little bit down because mm-hmm. it will be too much for for our customers, especially mm-hmm. Czech customers. They still want the bread. They still want the mustard. They Holy still want the horse yeah. radish. Yeah. But this is what we're doing, and we said we will not change it. We will not compromise. We will not give. We, we can make the bread. We can make the rye bread, but this is how it should be served. I think what you've done here is you've managed to create a sort of unique combination of things that is familiar to, say, Americans or aficionados of this kind of food, Mm -hmm. but also accessible for the locals, for Czechs. We have a lot of uh, new customers who want to see, who want to try. And uh, I think with that Hawaiian roll and, and a good piece of meat, when you put it together and have the barbecue sauce, again, we're making here and we research a lot of recipes and, and mm-hmm. try the different way how to make it till it's perfect and put it together you can find out 
that flavor is, is, is actually come together with the pickles, coleslaw, potatoes. Yeah, salad. it all comes together into mm-hmm. this kind, and even the different textures, it's like this kind of perfect little bite. Mm-hmm. That concept is a fine dining concept. Mm-hmm. That you know, you have your plate, and it's it looks like a piece of art. But when you take a little bit of each thing, they come. It all combines together into this perfect bite. That's that's always about a perfect bite, right? Each bite must be the perfect bite. So so it's the things, the fine dining, not fine dining. If you are there just a small hole in the wall, or if you are here the smoker or Mr. Hot Dog, you want that perfect bite. Mm. And what I admire is the simple things, simplicity. Simplicity is the best, and keep that simplicity, have that three, four things, put it together, and have the perfect bite, and you don't need uh, little this and this and that and mm. put it on the big pile that's that's for me perfect so yeah prague starts to become this more international, more multicultural city. But it's not just, it's not like an invasion. It's not just foreigners coming here. A lot of it is people like you, Czechs coming back. Yes, I think uh, a lot of people my age left around 2000 and finding the jobs and learning the different way how to reach the dream. And after after years, somebody stay in the country they move or they find a family. Also young people, 25, 30 years, came back and start building the dream. Here? Here in Prague. Go, go back or, home and do it yes, here. Yeah. Prague mm-hmm. or different city in Czech, Brno, Olomouc. And uh, these people brought the right stuff. They, they brought the right stuff, how to make the stock, how to season, uh, what quality food to using, uh, how to choose what you're going to do. They learn the people of Czech Republic, the food can be good in the restaurant. People used to eat home and go to grandma for lunch, Sunday lunch, or celebrating in the family home. And again, when uh, the different the food scenery change, people start eating more outside. Yeah. It was not like that, I said, 10 years ago. Now we fast forward to now, and we're in the middle of the year 2020, and we just recently had this lockdown because of COVID-19, and they've started relaxing, kind of all but eliminated the restrictions at this point, that we'll see what happens in the future. But I read an article a couple weeks ago that said, after the lockdown, when everything was closed, 25% of Prague restaurants did not reopen when they were told they could. And it might be because they're retooling. It might be because they're rethinking the way they're, they're doing things, like uh, both of the Michelin star restaurants mm-hmm. are doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, and it might be just because they went out of business. So I mean, what was that like for you? It's a good question why 25% uh, progress around in open, but it might be for location too. It's very hard to run the restaurant. Around. When mm-hmm. you're working on first gear or just you're working 25% what you did before, mm-hmm. you're losing money every day. Mm. So it's sometimes better be close. Me and Thomas was close 
first two weeks when all the panic came and everybody was home watching the TV. And mm-hmm. after two weeks, we said, let's go open. Mm-hmm. So we said, we need to open not for for the us because we will not make any money, but we need to open be in the mind of the people still right. that we are here and we still try doing our best. Right. And you guys did like walk up, walk up uh, yes. window and delivery. It was great to see or hear the customers say, how are you doing? Are you surviving? Everything is okay. Mm-hmm. We try to go every day, different restaurant in the area to support that. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really great because, because who opened and stay open uh, had it harder than the restaurant, I think, who was close. It's still the bills you need to pay, but you paid because you know it's for good things, because mm. the customers will know about it, they will come and they will say, we are happy that you are open, we are happy that you are surviving. And we did survive and I'm very happy for that and I hope we have all bad things behind us and just good things on the front of us. I mean, you know, I think that's interesting. It really kind of hits at the core of what you do and in, in food in general. Food, anybody who is worth their soul in the food industry will tell you food is about bringing people together and then this terrible thing happens and yet the community all came together Mm -hmm. and helped everybody kind of get through this Mm -hmm. and and i also think they're helping you but you're also helping them you're giving them you're giving us all a sense of normalcy you're giving us all a sense of continuity hey the city that i love is not permanently broken it's just on pause it's very lovely because you show, no, you see that people around you and the customers are not selfish mm. and they will, they could cook home, of course, and, and or, or don't spend the money. They probably will need. Yeah, who right. Because, you know, <laughs> who, who knows, who knows if I'll have a job in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And they still go and, and uh, buy from you. Yeah. Even even just the sandwich or, or, or kolache again or come mm-hmm. for the beer. And uh, that's, that's great. Mm. And I, again, uh, when we reopen, I was thinking everybody will be hungry. Every, everybody will be thirsty from the beer they, they was missing or, mm. or the food they like and they're missing. Everybody will come. It will be big wave it will be crazy busy and it's not it's it's, it's not yeah. it's it's coming slowly slowly Drip, drips and drops drips and drops which mm-hmm. is interesting but a lot of different customers a lot of new customers coming ah. and it was very nice it is it is very nice to see new customers and you can you can show them what is barbecue, talk about that barbecue, what are we doing, how are we doing that, and uh, they are happy. That's Great. that's awesome. So the Prague food scene is changing, has been changing for a while, continues to change, evolve, and morph. A lot of it is through people moving here and bringing their traditions, their ideas, their ingredients, their methods, their recipes. And a lot of it is Czechs exploring, sometimes by physically leaving the country for a while and then coming back, much like Silva Jackson, who's been my guest here today. Uh, I'd like to thank you for talking to me today, Silva. It was a great time. Thank you. I could talk hours and hours about the food. My chef always say you are good as your last meal. So go out there and eat. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times. If you liked this episode, 
be sure to like it or share it and tell your friends. Check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well. Until next time, this has been Prague Times. <laughs>